Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle within us the fire of your love. And may my words and our hearts together glorify you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Um, this is the last in our series of sermons called Green Lights, When God Says Go. And of course, you've probably heard in the scripture this morning, go therefore. And that's how we're ending this series and how appropriate because this, these are the last words spoken in the gospel according to Matthew. Now, you probably know that uh, a small, a few of us have been reading, studying, discussing, scratching our heads about Richard Rohr's, Father Richard Rohr's book, The Divine Dance. It is a book in which he tries to unpack for us the meaning of the Trinity, not in terms of a hard, fixed doctrine, but as a living thing. And, and so um, the book is, is just awe-inspiring, and, and, and Richard Rohr is just so uh, creative in his thinking and understanding of how God is at work in the world and in us. But it's a head-scratcher. I mean, it's a head-scratcher, and most of us are going, okay, we have to slow down a little bit because we're trying to figure out what all this means. Well, um, Rohr's claim in this book is to begin to understand that the Trinity, God, Christ, and Spirit, is not something we believe, a noun, but is something that has to do with the presence of God, dynamic and active in our lives, a verb to be to transform us. It's a, a, an amazing thing, actually, when you think about it. For so long, we thought about trying to unpack the Trinity, talk about the language of the Trinity, talk about the persons of the Trinity, talk about the gender of the Trinity, and, and so on. It's just, and we're all going down the wrong path because God's about relationship and intimacy and vibrancy and indwelling, and transforming. And so that is what uh, we are studying about in this book. And isn't it interesting that the last scripture that we're talking about today is one of the very few places in all of our New Testament scriptures, and in fact in all of scripture, our Hebrew scriptures and our New Testament scriptures, that actually, actually name the three persons of the Trinity. Go, therefore, into all the world, baptizing in the name of God, Christ, and Spirit. There they are, all three of them in one sentence. Now, don't think for a minute that Matthew, or whoever actually wrote the Gospel of Matthew, had an, an, an evolved theological understanding of the Trinity. Not so. That, that doctrine did not emerge until several, many years later. So... Um, but there they are, all in one and yet all named, right? So I'm excited to talk about this today, this scripture. Um, the truth is most of us scratch our heads when it comes to talking about the Trinity. And in one uh, commentary I read, they said, don't even try to talk about it. Uh, because people, their eyes will roll back in their head. 
And one sermon uh, that I looked at, the title was Blah, 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 Love. <laughs> and really, isn't that it? That a pastor can blah, 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 but ultimately, the answer is love. Well, I'm going to talk. I'm going to blah. <laughs> I'm going to blah, blah a little bit. <laughs> you know, the truth is, a God that we could fully explain to ourselves or to others wouldn't be a God at all. And you might have noted that the gospel reading this morning has, some intriguing, has an intriguing line in it. That, you know, Jesus comes to them and speaks to these disciples on a mountain in Galilee, outside of Galilee. And the, the line is, though some doubted what they were seeing. Isn't that interesting? At this high point, physically and also theologically, this high point of Jesus on a mountain, that this is where you would think the disciples would have swallowed that hook, line, and sinker. But some, it says, doubted what they were seeing. Isn't that interesting? They doubted what they were seeing. So we're all in good company, aren't we? To have our doubts about our faith. So if you're having doubts, um, welcome to the club. I mean, if the disciples had him, we're all in good company. Today's gospel reading is filled with challenges for both the early Christian community as well as all of us today. Following on the heels of the story of the death and resurrection of Jesus, which certainly challenged everyone's reality, those then and some of us now, we have this mystical story of the risen Christ meeting the disciples on the mountain outside of Galilee. Now, remember that in Scripture, Hebrew Scripture and New Testament Scripture, Mountains are where people encounter God. That's, that's where people have these high moments. Think Moses, okay? Um, Matthew's story doesn't have Jesus rising up into the heavens in the clouds as Luke's scripture does. But it does have the, the manifestation of Jesus as the risen Christ on this mountain coming to the disciples. Um, and what we do get in Matthew is what has been called the Great Commission. Listen to it again. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of God and of Christ and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to carry out everything I have commanded you and know that I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The, this great commi commission is full of challenges for those early disciples, and equally for people who first heard the words 70 years, some 70 years after the actual event of the resurrection. Um, the story is one of an interesting irony. It's rather comic when you think about it. Jesus, the risen Christ, claims all authority in heaven and on earth. Now, that might work if Jesus had been speaking to multitudes and multitudes of people. I mean, as far as you could see, all of the people. 
who were there to worship, to celebrate the presence of the risen Christ. But what, 11 there on the side of the mountain? And that's one less than a week before. Okay? So it's not like he had a huge congregation. It was 11 of them. And, and yet Jesus says, all, my, all authority. I mean, you would have thought there was dramatic music playing in the background behind him. <laughs> not so. Picture it, if you will. Jesus, dead, now resurrect, resurrected, is on an unnamed mountain in the backwater of Galilee with 11 followers. When Jesus tells them, what he tells them surpasses any belief they could wrap their heads around. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Now, remember that nations in Scripture is not what we think as nations like the United States. Nations in Scripture is about tribes. It's about, well, foreign nations. Gentiles, actually. I mean, people who don't look like us, don't think like us, don't pray like us, are not us. This is who Jesus is sending them out to baptize and to teach. The disciples were Jews. They knew their scriptures. They knew that God had promised Abraham and Sarah that all the tribes of the earth would one day be brought into the family of God, and they would be as numerous as the stars. But I think this was probably a difficult pill for them to swallow. Better for it for them to remain a story. How could they, a confused group of followers filled with doubts, fulfill this? How could they baptize? How could they teach all that they had been taught? Well, and then there's what they knew. Jesus died doing what he's asking them to do. The challenge of today's gospel reading for us is no less difficult. I mean, you got to admit, for some of us, the, the words, the Great Commission, conjure up all kinds of issues with those of us who were recipients of those who believed that following Jesus was more about a belief than about being transformed and living in relationship with God and others. I mean, the Great Commission was a, a cudgel to beat people over the head with, that this is what you have to believe, this is what you have to say, this is how you have to be in the world in order for God to love you, to claim you, to name you, which is far from the reality of the scriptures, far from the way Jesus lived and taught. Moreover, the idea that we are to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching, what, what? What? Really? Jesus? Moreover, we too live in a world that is increasingly individualistic, self-centered, of people who don't understand the downward mobility of the cross, which I'm not sure we truly understand either. We live in a world filled with small and shrinking churches, filled, those churches filled with mixed motives and uncertain convictions, not to mention the hurts and horrors of our world, the anxieties and fears that fill us, war, violence, hatred, judgment. I could go on. You know them. 
a word where love is a verb unknown to so many. At this point, I can't help but think of Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Y'all know Yosemite Sam, don't you? You know, he often said to Bugs Bunny, there's gold in them thar hills. Uh, to rephrase this for us, there's grace in that there story. And the grace for those early disciples was that the task Jesus gives them is utterly impossible. And that's grace because all they can do now is to surrender themselves to the mercy and strength of God. That's all they can do. And then there is a reality that Jesus sees what they can't see. The truth is, that in the year of our Christ, 2022, there are hundreds of millions of followers of Jesus. Go therefore into all the nations baptizing and teaching. Approximately 2.38 billion. Jesus could see what they can't see. Oh yes, and then there is the promise. Do you realize that the Gospel of Matthew begins with a story about a dream that Joseph had about Mary after he had decided to quietly divorce her? In the dream, we hear the words, Look, a young woman shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, God with us. Notice that the words of Jesus or what concludes the Gospel of Matthew. Not a report about the disciples, not a comment by a narrator, or even an expectation of the coming Spirit, but Jesus' words, Jesus' voice. And that word is, and know that I am with you always, even to the end of the world, or perhaps the more familiar, and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. The promise of Jesus, the living risen Christ, is to be Emmanuel, God with us, now, then, now, and forever. Of course, the last words of Jesus are never the last word. We are the words of Jesus. The sentence itself points us to the reality of Emmanuel. Do you hear, do you know that it is a present tense sentence? It's not past tense, I was with you. It's not future tense, I will be with you. It is here and now, I am with you, always. Do you hear that? It steps into the future, but the here and now that Jesus, the living risen Christ, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in the world that shows us what love looks like is here now, in you, in me, in you. This is what the end of this story tells us. And that good news then is good news for us today. Emmanuel, God with us. And it is not by our own authority 
It is not by the authority of the church. It is through the authority of God, the triune God, that we go into the world. We are beckoned by the living, risen Christ into the world to baptize and to teach. Now, let's unpack that for a minute. Now, I know that these words are fraught with all kinds of baggage, but consider this. To baptize literally translates as to immerse. You hear that? Immerse. And what if baptism is to immerse people in God's love? It's not about how much water. It's not about how old you are. It's not about the words said. It's about to immerse you in the love of God. And what about that word teach? What if teaching is about, which is about education, that actually means to lead forth, to draw out, to raise up, that, that that's what we're being called to do, to lead forth, to draw out, to raise up, all in love. Amen. Just remember, blah, 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 love. <laughs> Well, one of my favorite teachers right now is Brian McLaren, and he wrote a devotional recently for the Center for Action and Contemplation. And this is what he says. The Spirit leads us downward to the bottom, to the place of humility, to the position and posture of service. That's where the Spirit, like water, flows. If you listen to the Spirit... Here is what will happen to you. It'll be late, you'll be tired, there will be dishes to do or clothes to pick up or trash to empty, and you'll be upset because somebody else didn't do it. I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> and if you listen to the Spirit, um, you'll begin to realize that they're probably just as tired and overworked as you are. And so maybe you can help. You won't do this as a manipulative ploy, but as a simple act of service of love. This is what it means to go, therefore, to do everything in love. There's a prison near us, a hospital, a park, a bridge, an alley where homeless people sleep. There, there's a country in great need or a social problem that a few people notice. If you listen to the Spirit, you, you will be drawn toward that opportunity to serve. At first, the thought will frighten you or even repel you. But when you let the Spirit guide you, it will be a source of great joy, one of the richest blessings of your life. It is what our first lesson says. But, oh, letting this befriend us, we finally have something to live for. Something bigger than ourselves, so trembling, we submit and sink into your eddy of mercy and welcome the news. We live only when we have something we are willing to die for. When we know that our lives in their short span were spent for love. You see, we're all worshipful, doubtful disciples. But here we are. 
which now I feel compelled to quote from the great theologian Robert Fulgham, all I ever really needed I know I, to know I learned in kindergarten. <laughs> and it starts with these words, share everything, play fair, don't hit people. But one of my favorite instructions is when you go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, and stick together. So let's go, therefore, into the world. Watch out for each other. Hold hands. Blah, 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 <laughs> for us. Amen. Amen.